Love that. Love that. Uh, yeah, it's been, it, Matt is one of these people who I adore having in groups because they, they came to know Jesus a little bit later in life, like myself, uh, Matt later than me. So he's not afraid to ask the questions that church people get afraid to ask, which is what I love about having him and Band of Brothers especially. Uh, if you're new, we're glad that you're here. Uh, you can get the Bible app. If you have the Bible app, the Version Bible app under events, you can bring up the notes. If you didn't scan those, there's little QR codes we put in the lobby each week for you to pull up the notes. If not, we're in 1 John chapter 1, and we started a new series last week about uh, 1 John because I wanted to preach through Hebrews and I was studying Hebrews, preparing to preach from Hebrews because we had been walking through Daniel for so long. I wanted to tie the Old Testament into the New Testament as God so eloquently does in the Bible. But God prompted me into 1 John. And it's usually uh, that way because he needs to grow something in me. And I pray he would do the same for you. Uh, today, I, need, I forgot my little light. I need to get my light. Today, it's about walking in the light. So I brought a light. This is an amazing light. I stole this uh, from my mom. She has this on her fridge. I use my flashlight. How many of you don't even know where your flashlight is because you use your phone flashlight all the time? I use my phone flashlight for everything. So I'm going to turn off most of the lights right now except for the middle strip. So go ahead and uh, pull the lights down for me just so I can. Yeah, right there. Here we go. Here, you guys need help? I got you. I got you. You got it? You got it? Seating in there. Okay. By the way, Matt, it's pronounced pho. At least you didn't say pho. That's okay. Um, the amazing thing about this light is, one, um, you can find all of the things that get left over from VBSs over the years. You know, we have a 2015 tassel over here. Uh, we've got some things up there, some definite cleaning that needs to be had. If the fire marshal used these, he'd notice that some of these things have paint on them, which is not good. We have 100 lights up here because back in the day, this used to be a church full of that type of light. Um, but now they've all slowly burnt out, and I don't want to replace them. Um, look back here, we have insulation that's falling. That probably contributes to why it's so hot in here right now all the time, right? Is it super hot? And then back there, these are the people you never see. That's Alex. I wore his necklace. That's Jake. He's good looking. He's like a male model. That's Don. He's a male model, but for the uh, older demographic, okay? And we have Chastity and Wayne. I'm putting my light on them because they flirt with each other. They're married. Don't worry. Um, but it's amazing, wherever you point this light, you can see, like, you can see right here the weed barrier that we put up here you thought was something cool. No, it's just weed barrier. It's falling off. So I wanted to take it off, but Jared said it's really ugly underneath there, so we don't want to do that. That up there, not going to lie, you guys, that's dust. You're welcome. Okay, and we're moving along. Blue lights. Oh, there's a broken light over here. That's an emergency light, so if we're in an emergency, don't follow the broken light. It'll take you down, down. And uh, I don't know, this is something about spotlights. They're very bright. Isaac is here. See this couple? They just dedicated their baby yesterday. Everyone say, yes. Yes. Okay, we can give you some lights. Give me some lights. Sorry if I just uh, made a blinking light on you. I forgot to say this service will have quick flashing lights. So if you have epilepsy, please don't. Um, there's something amazing about light. And the Bible uses this picture of light so often. And we're going to refer to light throughout this morning's text. But I, I want you to, as we go through Old Testament books, we tend to read larger portions because you have to get the story. The majority of the Old Testament books are narrative, which is storytelling, so you don't want to just read one verse and then pull it out of the context. Whereas when you're reading letters like this, there's so much information and concepts packed into small passages. So we're going to be reading the five verses from chapter, we're going to read chapter one, verse five through ten. Now if you're new, we're not in, there's four books with John in the title. There's John with no number before it, 
That's the Gospel of John. We don't want that one. You want to go all the way to the end of your Bible. You'll see Revelation is the last book. Going to flip back a few pages. You'll find 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. We are in 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into what it means that God is light and how it changes our lives by encountering his light and becoming the light that he's called us to be. Pray with me. Father, I, um, I ask that you would take all the caffeine that I had today and bring it down. Um, yeah, Lord, I, I want us to press into your word. I pray that those online who are driving to their Thanksgiving family vacations um, would be able to take one thing away and that we here would be able to pull out what you want to speak to us and that it wouldn't be my words or my thoughts, but your eternal words and that your heart for your people and how we are called to live based on what you have done for us. Lord, I pray that we would resist the temptation to turn any sermon, any Bible study into primarily a behavioral change checklist and that we would be found in awe of what Jesus has done on the cross for weary and broken and tired people, for people who have been rejected and hurt and shattered, for people who feel like they don't have a family or a hope. Let those of us find it today in your Son. In his name we pray, amen. I'm just going to read through verses 5 to 10, and then we'll back up through it. This is the message. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light. What is God? Okay. And in him there is no what? Darkness. Can we get more lights? Can you turn the house lights all the way up? I just want to see more. I need more light. If we're talking about light, we should have more light. There we go. More light. Is that all the lights? What about the sconces? Can we get the sconces up? Just fire them all up. I just want to see people. There we go. Not that light. Wrong light. That's blinding light. That's, that's, a, that's a song by the weekend. Okay? We don't need that. In him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But, but, if you're new to the chapel, one thing that we love here in the New Testament, we love when God puts in the word but. We even have a little jingle, right? I like big and I cannot lie. Okay, moving right along. By the way, I just have to share this quick story. The caffeine. So remember last week when I talked about jokingly, I'm not scared of people coming in here because we have a bunch of Floridians and it's okay. The Floridians in here would protect the chapel family. Bang, bang, pew, pew. And we have mafia people who would help bury the body in a barrel. We have cops who'd help us cover it up. Remember that last week? Well, I found out we had a first-time visitor who was an investigator for the Capitol Police last week, and it was his first time. Anyway, moving along. Oh my gosh, you guys have had so much coffee. I had Dunkin' and Starbucks today. I'm ready to go. Uh, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But, 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 if, now if appears here five times in this little short passage, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. You guys are really going crazy with the lights back there. Okay. It's weird how you can't see the light as much when there's bright lights on. You can see it a little bit. One of the things that I love about light 
is I remember a time long, long ago in a home and galaxy far, far away when I had no children. Do you remember, and maybe those of you, if you're here and you're past the age, like you've already shipped your children off, you've made it, good job on you. But for those of us who are in my bracket of parenting, I've got 13 down to three, I have to navigate darkness all the time, every day. It's my thing. Today I was navigating darkness. I was trying to get up early and go to the gym, and we have a hoverboard. Do you think that my children would put a hoverboard away where it wouldn't get kicked in the middle of the dark, somewhere in the hallway between my bedroom door and the bathroom? Or do you think they'd put it square, a black hoverboard, right in the middle of the hallway between my bedroom door and a bathroom? Where do you think they'd put it, if you had to guess? Just right there. It's right there. It's like the old Adele song, hello. And it found my toe. People ask me, like, oh, does, I got asked yesterday, does working out make you walk weird? And I said, no. Kicking things on the ground makes me walk weird. Stepping on clear Legos, the inventor of clear Legos, um, that person has a special place in the lake of fire. And whoever invented those. And my son, because I've joked about it a couple times in past messages, my son Silas, who has the Legos, will sprinkle them out like little hand grenades. And, and when it's a little bit dark, you see nothing. Now the thing about God being light, and we have to ask this question, if the message that we proclaim to you in verse 5, this is the message. The message that John is proclaiming to this group of believers, God is light, in him is no darkness at all. We have so many different messages that we try to speak to people. If I were to say, go share the gospel with somebody, we, we, some of us will have, uh, of course, come to that, like, okay, I'm going to friendship evangelize them. I'm going to be their friend, and then I will tell them about Jesus once I'm close enough to them. I'm going to love them until they come to believe in the same Jesus I believe them. And it's weird when we do that because sometimes we just become friends and friends and friends, and it goes on so long that you don't really want to tell them about Jesus because now you might ruin your friendship with them. It scares me certain ways that we talk about Jesus. Some of us aren't the friendship Jesus type. Some of us are the apologetics type. That's just a word that's talking about defending your faith. Some of you could give so many answers right now. If I were to say, give me an argument for the existence of God, some of you have it on the tip of your tongue. You're going to throw these big philosophical words out at me. If I were to ask you right now and say, some of you tell me why Christianity is different from, from the Mormon church or Jehovah's Witness or Buddhism or, or Islam, some of you would have those right there handy. Boom, I got this. I got this. This is why it's different. John keeps it very simple. He says, here's the message. God is light. Which I love that the Bible does this. It's very simple. Because in the light, we can see. In the dark, not so much. But there, there is a weird thing about light and dark. Kill the lights again. Black me out. Just all of them. There you go. Except for that strip. Because I didn't want to be totally blind. Um, see, right now, you're looking over here, and when I was fully lit, you could see me more clearly. Now your eyes are going to slowly adjust. I've got some backlight. Your pupils are all opening up right now, so you could see. And your eyes are going to grow into this place where you can finally see more and more detail, and then they'll reach their limit. Some of us can see very well in the dark, some cannot. Okay, lights all the way back on. Now you can see much more clearly. It's like some of you are like, ah, that's too much, too much glory. Don't worry, my wife feels the same way every morning. Um, now here's... Here's what's interesting. If you spend a lot of time in the dark, and we've all done this, right? Where as soon as it goes dark, 
This is us. Hoverboard checking, moving around, and then all of a sudden you can see a little bit more. And the best thing is that if you wake up first and you get your spidey eyes, then your wife wakes up and she's still blind, you have a distinct advantage in any wrestling matches that go on at that point. She can't see what's happening, but you can see. See, if you walk in the dark enough, you get used to seeing in the dark. You, you get comfortable. You're like, oh, I got this. I know how to do this. And, and the message is very simple. God is light, and he wants us to walk as children of the light. In John chapter 8, the, the gospel of John, the big book, John, Jesus said to them, saying, I am, Jesus, Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, Ava, come on, follow this light. Follow. You got to get on the dot. No, 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 no. I just wanted to see if I can get a grown-up to do this. It worked, you guys. Look, okay, good job. Now, it's interesting because you can follow this light. The Bible says, and sorry, this is the King James verse because I memorized it back in the King James. It says, thy, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word. You could walk in the light or you can walk in the darkness. Jesus says that he is the light. And in 1 John, it's saying God is light. This is the message. You don't have to give a defense for everything under the sun. People are going to ask some wild questions. I could think of 10 questions that Matt Mulroney has asked me in the last 72 hours that would boggle most of our brains. I mean, how many times have we gone over this, Matt? Uh, how can God be good when there's people that you've seen in the Middle East that, are, that never heard the name of Jesus? Doesn't God love them? How is God going to reach them? Or, or he'll bring up questions about evil, like where did it come from? And he'll take us all the way down. Like, well, there was, was there free will? Adam and Eve, they, they did it. The girl didn't know. Satan did it. But then why did God allow it? Why would God allow it if he knew everything that was going to happen? He knew all the wars, all the famine, all the disease, all the cancer. Why would God allow that? Now, here's the thing. Like, if you want those questions, go to Matt's group. Tuesday night, they have foe. They've got tacos. And you'll get those questions. Or if you're, you're a dude and you want to have those questions, you can come out. Matt's there most Saturday mornings. We meet at Foundation when it's cold and somewhere indoors when it gets warm. So we're meeting at Foundation Coffee off right across from the Big Catholic Church every Saturday morning at 8. And you'll hear those questions. And we'll, we'll probe into those answers and responses. But the message is very simple. There's a lot of complex issues in Christianity that we we, over, we, we make too complex. We, we over-confuse and we, we add detail where we don't need it. John says, God is light. Light represents God's righteousness, the natural symbol for attractiveness, beauty, glory. And so you can see. And if you're going to live under this message, here's where we can go legalistic. Because in God, there's no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship, if we say with our mouth, I have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. Now here's where we can go to legalistic Larry, okay? What would you assume that walking in darkness means? What would you assume? Sinning, right? Isn't that, it seems pretty clear, like, okay, if God is light and walking in darkness is sin, if I say that I have a relationship with God but I walk in sin, then I'm a liar. So, little Christian boys and girls, do not sin. Which is true. 
my hope and desire for you is that you would not go out and start murdering people so that we have to bury them and get investigated. My hope is that your marriages would be found in, in unity and passionate love and affection for one another and laying down your life for one another. But how many of us have gone from 6 o'clock until now without sinning? No pride, no self-centeredness, no ego, no gossip, no anger, no wrath, no impatience. You are a bunch of darkness walkers. That's what you just told me. See, me, I haven't done anything bad yet today. <laughs> Lord, I apologize. And pray for them pygmy warriors down here. Yeah. See, here's the thing. He goes on. Because if you assume that walking in darkness means walking in sin, we're all doomed. But there's something that is very telling in this passage. It's not saying, walking in the light does not mean that we are perfect. Does not mean that we are not walking and falling into sin. Just like when I was having, I have a fall of this light. We are following the light of Christ and sometimes, and it's implied in this passage, you are sinning. Here's how I know it's implied in this passage. Because right there in verse 7, it says, it keeps going, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, as Jesus is in the light, as the Father are in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So, in the same passage, he's saying, walk in the light, and don't you dare say you have no sin. Walk in the light, and don't you dare say in verse 10 that you have never sinned. There, it's the, if you pay attention carefully to the grammar here, in, in verse 10, it's if we say we have not sinned in the past, but in verse 8, it says don't say that you have no sin in the present. Both times, God's saying, look, do not say you have no sin. Do not say you have never sinned, but instead confess your sins because he Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. Memorize that verse this week. 1 John 1, 9. Memorize that verse. Drive it into your heart because walking in the light does not mean that you'll be perfect. If it did, we'd all be dark and dead. Walking in the light means God reveals. And I've shared this story before because it's the only good story that I have regarding how, how light reveals sin and people that are doing things in sin scurry when the light turns on. It was uh, a high school party. My, me and my friend Josh Dixon, we thought we were the funniest guys. And this was like a Christian party, but it was also in the era of Usher, like when that Yeah song came out and Casey and JoJo, All My Life, All My Life. You know that song? I pray for someone. Like, and people dance way too close, okay? Back then, uh, in the youth group, they used to say um, to us, and I've shared this before too, make, the youth pastor say, make sure you keep room for the Holy Spirit when you're dancing. And I'd be like, the Holy Spirit's in me. You know, like, come on, girl. So then when I became a youth pastor, I was like, you keep space for a big, fat John MacArthur study Bible between you. But we, we would, me and my friend Josh, we'd get to the lights. And my friend had this huge sound system set up, speakers like these ones in the corner. And it was loud, and it just rattling the house. And they had the lights, a green little disco ball coming down, and everyone's dancing to Usher. Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. And then me and Josh Dixon would be in the corner. One, two, three. And we'd just turn on all the house lights. You know what happens when you turn on house lights, and there's a bunch of like little sinning, just hormone-filled teenagers that are dancing like they're married? You know what happens to them? Just like a cockroach apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. 
you're all going to dance in the darkness. Why don't you dance in the light? Well, maybe because they don't have rhythm, but or, or maybe they knew they were doing things that they didn't want others to see. And it's kind of a weird thing because when you're dancing, like I don't do this anymore because I'm old, but presumably like I used to like go to the clubs when I didn't care about my hearing or health or like my sanitization. And, um, and you can see everybody, but for some reason, like if the lights are on, you're not dancing. Even now, like there's all these things like worship leader boards on Facebook, like what's your guys' ambiance? Like how do you do the lights? And I remember, we used to have like really low lights, now medium lights. Our lights used to move all over the place. We, we have the moving lights. They're probably super expensive. We should sell them on eBay to somebody. We have a smoke machine, but we haven't been using the smoke machine for a while. Why don't we use the smoke machine? Allergies? Who's allergic to a smoke machine? Who? You're allergic to it? Okay, we're going to use the smoke machine next week, you guys. <laughs> we're going to give Reed that real rock star raspy voice. Oh. Okay, fine. We'll just put our whiskey club back there and put them with cigars in that back closet and just blowing it all out. Sorry, we don't, if you're new here, we don't smoke cigars here. Or have a whiskey club? Oh. Here, not here. It's in the darkness, you guys. Bring it back, Ryan. Rain it in. Okay, but look, 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 look. Verse 7. If we walk in the light as he, Jesus, is in the light... We have fellowship with one another. If you want to be connected, if you want to have fellowship, if you want to have a relationship with God, that's in verse 3, and with one another, we have to walk in the light. Walking in the light can't mean perfect because right in verse 8 and 10 it says, you do not say you have no sin, do not say you have never sinned. Instead, confess your sin. So based on that, we can at least draw out that part of what it means to walk in the light is being a person who confesses. And I'm not talking like a Catholic priest confession. I'm not talking like you've got to confess every single thing you've ever done because Lord forbid you get hit by a Mack truck over here and you die and you didn't confess that one sin, then you're going you're gonna to go to hell forever. That's not what this passage is talking about. It's saying if you confess your sins, our sins, he, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, so what God does, we've done this many times, but we need to remind ourselves, there's a past tense, present tense, future tense of salvation. Past tense, God has paid for the penalty of sin when Jesus died on the cross. God is currently saving us. He saved us, past tense, from the penalty. He is saving us currently, present tense, from the power of sin in our life. We call that sanctification. And then one day, future tense, God will save us from the presence of sin in the future. That's what we call glorification when we go to be with God forever. So saved us from the penalty, is saving us, present tense, from the power, and will one day save us from the presence of sin in the future. Walking in the light means this. Okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to confess when I go wrong. And sometimes I'm going to land in the dark. And I'm not going to say that I didn't fall in the dark, Lord, because you said if I say I have no sin, then I'm lying. You said that if I say that I've never sinned, then I'm making you a liar and your word is not in me. So what we can do as followers of Jesus is say, yeah, I, I really messed up. As a matter of fact, it's one of, the, one of the best things that we can do is not just to hide the dark pages of our lives, which is the human way, by the way. I want to I let you know, we all struggle with this. I struggle with this. We want to hide the humanness in us. 
and we want to show the better side of ourselves. And what I'm not advocating is this. I'm not advocating that you go tell everyone all your junk. But you should have one or two people, someone beyond your spouse level that you share with, that you can be honest with, that you can confess to and say, this is what I'm walking in. Because if you, if you stick around this too long, just Sundays, if you don't go to a microchurch where someone like, like Matt or Jared or Jesse or Corey or Don, where they can bug you and poke around in your life, where they can get to know you and know your, your deepest insecurities, then, then you won't be honest. You can come here and, and lie. You can come here for 10 years, and unless you're being vulnerable with someone besides just your spouse, like you have a close brother or sister in Christ, you, you can be a jerk for Jesus forever, and no one will ever challenge you about it. And it's hard. It's hard. Because the longer you're in this thing we call church, the easier it becomes to only show the best. I was in a pastor's meeting recently. Um, there's a bunch of us Hillsboro pastors we get together. And uh, the mantra or slogan of this group is, um, and a bunch of great guys. I love the guys. There's Abide down the road here. Um, Arise and Brandon, Seaglass and Apollo Beach, Overflow, right on Bell Shoals, a lot of my friends that I have as pastors. And they, the slogan is, we want this to be a safe place for lead pastors so they can share what's going on in their lives. And we had like one of these, sort of like an AA powwow. I said, okay, what would make this a safe place for you? Like, how can we foster a safe place environment? And I, I ask you the same question. And, and the answers are pretty Christian answers, right? Because when you get a group of pastors in a room, you're going to get the most Christian answers you've ever heard in your life. Well, we want authenticity. If we're authentic, then this will be a safe place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't know me, like, I'm just not. I'm the grumpy pastor right now. Like, that, my wife calls me grumpy. I'm just grumpy. I'm not unhappy. I'm just kind of grumpy. Because I, I listen to things, and I think that's not right. Or what you're saying is not going to happen. And it just went on. Being honest, sharing our struggles, doing this and that, making sure that we're going to have relationships where we can share. And there's about 25 of us around the table. And I raised my hand. I was like, me, me, pick me. And I said, everything that you guys have said is great, and it sounds really good for a therapy situation. But no one is going to share in this room. I promise you that not one person is going to share until someone gets truly broken and brings their garbage heap of a disposal soul up to the surface and says, this is me. Until then, we're going to share all the other things that we share in Christian circles. Like, what are you struggling with, brother? Pride, man, and lust. No, duh. You're a male human. What are you struggling with? Well, I'm just so impatient. No kidding. You've got five kids under three. Don't ask me how, but you did it. Of course you're impatient. I'm just so angry at my spouse. And I look at the wife and say, you should be. I've met your spouse. I mean, I'm not always this way. You guys, I had breakfast this morning. I feel so good. But are you, are you, catching, are you catching this thing? Because we, we don't say we have no sin. As Christians now, we say, yes, I've sinned. Yes, I'm broken. And if you come to the chapel, I will tell you over and over and over and over again, you are far worse of a human than you think you are. But that's amazing news. Because that means that the light of Jesus shone down on you when you were a puddle of swamp juice. 
He said, I see your darkness, and I'm going to put my light all around you and in you and through you. And then it says this amazing thing. John says this, when you have the light, as John 12, 36 in the Bible app notes, when you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When God's light shines on you, he begins to make you shine light because you are a son of him. My children are so like me in different ways. And my wife and I analyze them all the time. Like, okay, Jackson's got this part of me and that part of you. Silas has this part of me and that part of you. And as they get older, I don't know if you do this as parents, but we always blame the worst parts on our spouse. Like, well, you got that from you. And in my family, like when my kids are misbehaving, I'm like, do something with your child. Like, not mine anymore, yours, your child. What's interesting is if you walk in the light, and by walking the light, we're going to find out means something very clear. It, it means that Ephesians 5, 8, at once, one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And then the key is later on in this book, 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. See, Walking in the light versus walking in the darkness, it is not first and foremost and primarily about your moral cleanliness. It's not about how well you can follow God as he shines a light around. It's very simple. If you are hating people, if you are indifferent toward people, if you are apathetic toward the plights of people, humans created in God's image, you are likely walking in darkness. The key that opens the door into walking in light is a very simple key. Do you love your brothers or sisters and or sisters in Jesus first, and then brothers and sisters in humanity? Like that umbrella that just spreads out. Well, of course, I love all people. We had this big to-do at Band of Brothers yesterday. I'm a broken person. Okay, a few years ago, I got broken. Someone near and dear to me did something horrendous. We don't need to rehash it. I don't want to cry today. And it was about forgiving. And I had just given this spiel to the pastors a couple weeks ago, like, we're not, we're not going to be honest. Ain't no one going to share what they're really going through. No one's going to give the non-Christian answer. So a band of brothers yesterday, we were talking about forgiveness. And I was like, yeah, I haven't forgiven somebody. I mean, I, I've said it in my head. I've said it out of my mouth. But whenever I think of this person, I feel sick. I feel anger. I feel like I don't want, I feel like they, they need to get worse punishment than they got. The, the justice system did not give them enough for what they did. And then, as Christians, we, you guys did a great job. You guys did a great job. Well, Ryan, you just got you to really work on forgiving. No, I'm not going to work on forgiving them. Different F words. Forsake them, you sinful people. <laughs> what do you guys, you guys thought that, not me. I didn't think of that. I'm a pastor. I don't think of those words. I really don't. My mom used my, never mind. My mom's watching. She's been watching because she's heard I was talking about her. So she started watching. Hi, mom. Love you. You're the best mom I ever had. Wink. I just can't forgive him. And I'm trying. I know that I'm in 1 John, that God has brought me through 1 John because the key to walking in light begins with and ends with and is along the path of loving your neighbor as yourself, of loving God with all that's in you. And we cannot love people unless we are pressing into them. And it doesn't mean that you have to forget the damage that was done. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget all of the pain that was caused. Forgiveness does not mean that you just let it go like Elsa. Forgiveness is really, 
really difficult because what forgiveness is at its core, what Jesus did for you and me at the core is he says, all this pain that you caused me, I'm going to absorb it and not retaliate against it. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, I'm taking all of the pain that you caused me by not loving me, by not living for me, by not helping others, by not loving others, and I'm going to absorb it. And it's going to end here. And I'm not going to retaliate. That's why in the love chapter, Corinthians uh, 13, it says that love brings up no record of wrongs because it's been absorbed. If you're in a relationship, whether it's a friendship, parenting, child, uh, dating, whatever it is, and your person is always doing that thing where like you're getting in the argument, you could feel it heating up, and you're like, oh, I got some good ones, and you have that backpack of former stuff that they've done, you begin lobbing those grenades at them. <sighs> you remember, my, my daughter is the, my daughter unfortunately has a curse from me. And it's the curse of having dates, times, and events. And she does this to her brothers. And the weird thing was is that I started, at first I was thinking, she's making this up. Because she'd be like, Daddy, you remember three years ago in a September, Jackson kicked me in the stomach? And I'd be like, you're making that up. And then a Facebook memory comes up where it's like, Jackson kicked Savannah in the stomach and said something like, oh, yippee-ki-yay, you know? And I'm like, oh, she did have that right. And she does it all the time. Daddy, you remember when Silas did this. I was like, when did he do that? When I was six months old, I remember it. <laughs> Wrote it down in my journal back then. I'm like, dang, girl. And she does. She journals about me. You guys, I read her journal. I didn't know. Why do I just get judged? It was like when she was born and I was wiping her in the hospital and the nurse was like, you're wiping the wrong way. And I was like, I've only had boys. I don't know what direction. So I read her journal the other day. It was deep because we were in a big fight. Like there were words said, there were things drawn, okay? And I read it and I thought, that just hurts me as a dad. So I wrote her a letter in her journal. I'm like, I'll just, I'll write her a letter and I'll say, I wrote you something, but it was in her journal. So I wrote this beautiful letter. I love you, sweetie. Nothing, nothing you ever do or I, I will always love you. I'm here for you. I'm your dad. I love you so much. I cherish you. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're smart. She, I see her reading it. Five minutes later, I just hear her. And I just hear her. She comes into my room. She ripped my page out of the journal. And she wrote just some hate mail on the back of that thing. And she hands it to me. How dare you read my journal? I made you. <laughs> it was a sad, angry letter. And she walked out, and her shirt was tied up in a little knot, like a future hussy. I'm like, get out of my room. We made up. Sorry. For those of you under the age of 50, a hussy is like a promiscuous woman, okay? There you go. I don't know what the younger people call them. A thought. They call him a thought. I think a thought is more like an adjective. Never mind. Okay, oh my gosh. <laughs> Confess your sins, Ryan. I didn't want to forgive my friend. My daughter doesn't want to forgive me at times. See, the key is confession and love. Confession and love. Confession and love. Because we can bring out the darkest parts of ourselves because of how loved we are by Jesus. Not because of how loved we are by others. 
Other people will hurt you, will judge you, will knock you down. Other people will take your sin and slam it in your face. Other people will read your journal or want to read your journal so they have something against you. God doesn't do that. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our sin from us. It even says the, the miraculous thing, because as God remembers our sin no more, after it's put on Christ, it's done. And you're like, God, I've done this. He's like, what, done what? No, no, I, we paid for that. All paid for. It's like that moment times a billion trillion where you pull up to the drive-thru and they're like, oh, someone else, someone else got you. Not even that. It's like that moment. We're at Ruth's Chris. I think it was for Amy's birthday. And we were like hundreds deep. And Jared's a veteran. And I made sure to bring that up to the stranger who I initiated conversation with. No, I didn't. I didn't do it intentionally, but they put us next to people. And at these bougie restaurants, as you'd think you'd have some privacy, we didn't. But I was glad this day because we were apple martinis, non-alcoholic for you Baptists. And we were just drinking, eating steak. Sorry, vegans. And then these couple here like, oh, you guys are such nice young couples. And then we started talking. And, and I think our bill's like $450. And we're like about to pay for our bill. Like, just wave them down. Bring on the damage. Damage me. And you guys, waiter comes up. Half a grand. Oh, it's all good, you guys. Your bill's been taken care of. Me and Jared jumped up like Spider-Man. Got to find this guy. Where is he from? I, like, called the, he was part of a Catholic church. Talk about God working on a grumpy old man. Ryan Tarona, who wore a Protestant T-shirt in St. Peter's Basilica and the Vatican on the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. That's just for you Bible nerds. That means 500 years ago, 1517, Martin Luther said, not like this. I wore that shirt in their main jam hallway. And God's like, watch this. <laughs> Generous Catholic, Ryan, you spiteful sucker. I had to confess, they loved me. And I'm, I'm kind of wonky and I get grumpy. But the amazing thing is, is that if we can live in God's light, the message that God is light and it doesn't depend on you, you don't make your own light. You reflect light. You're not, a, you're not a star. You're a moon. You're a reflector. You're an image bearer, not an image creator. So, so God's light shines on you. You shine it toward others. The same way that God loves you, love others. When God shines his light on a part of your life and you're like, that is an ugly part of my life, know that God already saw it. And he says, I saw that and I still chose you. I'm not going to leave you all messed up. You'll still be messed up for a long time, but, but I want you to know I see you and I love you. Find a person like that in your life. Find someone who, when you share your, your deepest pain point, they might be mad, they might journal, they might say hurtful things, but ultimately you know, like, they're here for me. No matter what I told that person, they're not going to run away. And sometimes it just takes one person to do it once, you, you gotta crack the door open. Like there's a couple people here who I think I could tell anything to, anything. And it'd be okay. There's not many people in here. There's a couple of you where I would just say, ah! And I wouldn't be like scared, like are they gonna run away? Are they just gonna like write me off? Do you have that person in your life? That's not just your spouse, but someone beyond that. If not, connect with somebody. And it's not gonna be fast. I don't trust people very easily anymore. But connect with somebody. Build into them. Confess things to them and see if they journal about it and throw it in your face later. Because walking in the light, this message, 
If you want to share the gospel, here's all you have to say to somebody. <sighs> My God's a good God. He's done some incredible things in me and through people that I know. I mess up quite a bit. I blow it. I've been a bad husband, a bad parent, a bad whatever. You fill in your blank. And you can, you can just tell someone this. But God forgives me. Not only does he forgive me, he's actually like working on me. He's cleaning me up. Isn't that amazing? And then they're going to say, well, if your God's so good and loving, why did he blah, 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 blah. You say, no, I don't know that answer, man. All I know is that he's been a light in my life. Without him, I couldn't see where I was going, and now I do. That's all you have to say. You don't need to know the arguments. We have nerdy people in here that know the arguments, okay? If someone wants to argue, I used to try to argue with them. Now I just realize they don't want Jesus. They want a reason to not believe in Jesus. So I'll tell them about a God I know who's a God of light. And I'll remember every time I flip on a light switch and little teenagers go running, <laughs> that righteousness happens in the light. I know some of you thought this, because I thought it too when I said it. Some of you are like, I sin in broad daylight. Because that's where we are now as a culture. Certain things that 20 years ago we'd be like, what? Now we're like, yeah, that's normal. Let culture move and ebb and flow. Let's stand on the word of God as best we can because God is light and he's put a light before you and you can choose to follow it or not. If you follow it, he will give you more light. It's just one of the principles in his word, the dimmer switch. The more you walk in darkness, he tends to say, okay, you want to walk in darkness? Romans 1, he says, I'll give you more darkness. So I pray that you would remember this message, Chapel family, that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. So love your brothers and sisters and confess your sins because he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the light of life. Lord, I thank you that you have made us children of light. Lord, I thank you that your word begins with light. That in the beginning you created light and darkness so that we would see the juxtaposition between the two. Lord, we confess our sins corporately as your people. We confess that we have not been loving to our neighbors as you have called us to be. Lord, I confess the times where we as a people have been filled with gossip instead of encouragement, where we have torn down with our words instead of built up. Lord, I confess, I confess on, on behalf of this chapel family for the times where we have ignored or carried spite or bitterness in our heart toward a brother or sister. Lord, I pray that today would be a chapter of forgiveness, of acceptance, of being made one with one another in you. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Amen.